good business is good SEO. When you have your client and your audience in mind, and if you have a heart of providing value, then Google's going to be able to read that. And that's how you stay ahead because Google really cares about high value, high quality content. The Wingnut Social Podcast, how to be number one on Google with Megan Clark. Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your interior design business? Then welcome to Wingnut Social, the podcast specifically designed to accelerate your business through increased social media presence, impactful online content, and translating digital influence into physical success. This is your social media tightly fastened. Now welcome the host of Wingnut Social, Darla Powell. Hey there, Wingnuts. Welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. I am your host, the bubbly Darla Powell, an interior designer also in Miami, Florida, and I'm joined by the ornery orangutan, Natalie Angraff. Did you just say bubbly? I did. I'm feeling very bubbly. Could be all the carbonated beverages I just drank. Uh, Yeah, that just really threw me for a loop. (laughs) Bubbly. I would have never guessed you as being bubbly. You're missing missing the whole point of that introduction, ornery orangutan. How did I miss that? Last week, I was calling you surly orangutan. How did ornery skip my attention? And you know who came up with that? Abby? No. Who wins all the things is our editor, Jonathan Messenger. Oh, yeah. He he came up with that It's now? It's even in the show notes. Ornery orangutan. I just told him he wins all the things. Wow. He's so good, even by the way. Even our editor yeah. is, is, mm-hmm. is in on this. You know, Jonathan actually has his own podcast. It's kind of based for the youngins, but it also has some quite entertaining content in there for adults as well. It's called The Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian, and it's very well produced, and it's it's really entertaining. I enjoy it, even though I'm, you know. A big kid. A big kid. <laughs> Anywho, ornery orangutan. That's okay. Abby called me Natalie Ann Grief the other right day. Right there in front of my face. Why didn't I see that? Because I'm, Jonathan, Jonathan is brilliant. He is a pretty smart guy, I got to tell you. Natalie, what's up in the uh, wingnut world? The sky. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't used that since high school. <laughs> uh, what is up in the wingnut world? Wingnut world is busy. Wingnut world is very busy with our stellar strategy packages for social media. Our social media strategy package yes. is selling like hotcakes. We can't keep them on the shelves. No, they're just like flying off like... <laughs> Maple syrup not included. (laughs) Also, I would like to tell the wingnuts what a spectacular job you did on the home gym, painting that whole accent wall there black. And accent walls, I know some of you are cringing, but it's the one that has my brand new mirror workout on it. So I really wanted to frame it. And, you know. Oh, now you're going to give me credit for that. Yeah, I'm going to give you credit for it. You did a very good job. Wingnuts, let me tell you how this works in the Darla world. Darla gets something new and then Darla decides, you know, I want to do this. Natalie, can you do this for me? I want this done. Can you do this today? Can you start today? (laughs) When are you going to be done? How long is it going to take you to be done? Are you sure you can't finish it tonight? And let me tell you another little trick wing. That's about how this works. It always gets done (laughs) when I want it done. So haha, jokes on you. Oh, and you know, what did you do this morning, Natalie? I noticed that you're a little sniffly. Ooh. This morning, I met my uncle at our family farm because, you know. Yeah, you know. So I met my uncle at the family farm this morning and we de well no we destemmed and ground four and a half boxes of habanero peppers which if anybody doesn't know anything about habanero peppers them there's hot y'all oh my goodness they're very hot yes gloves mask everything and then you start coughing when you add water to clean everything up it's it's quite fun what were you making that was the guava jelly right well i was getting the peppers prepped and ready for the summer Mm -hmm. and then when the guavas come in season we will make hot pepper guava jelly 
then it's delicious. That's it so is. good. We should put out some uh, in the social media. We should I put do. some Andrew, recipes. Andrew Joseph already wants me to make sure <laughs> I have his whole mailing address because he is expecting some jelly. Oh, let me tell you something, Andrew. It is delicious. And you can use it as a, a glaze for like pork dishes, which Natalie no, can't I eat. don't eat pork. But yes, but every year at Christmas when we have our brunch, I make a brie. With the hot pepper jelly and a pastry crust, it's, it's pretty good. That reminds me, I love Brie Larson. Oh, yes. <laughs> and you're Brie Larson. I know. All righty there, ornery orangutan. You know, we've been getting a lot of clients in here, especially since Vanessa Helmick was on the show, uh, admitting that she had us do an SEO audit for her. Asking us about SEO and they're flummoxed and perplexed and flabbergasted and... Like the look on my face right now? Yeah, because these are these are a lot of long words. These are big words. This is like above my. It's okay. I don't my, know what half pay-grade. of them mean. Okay. Um, because yes, it's, you do. Because well, you know, I do. I, you know, but that's part of my OCD and my geekiness. Truthfully, you are a nerd. Ask me to do math. Not no. not so much. So you know, we can't. You can't hit SEO hard enough, and it's always constantly changing. So today on the show, we have Megan Clark of Clapping Dog Media, who is an SEO expert, and we're gonna dive into the nitty gritty and it's going to get a little geeky, hopefully. And we're going to answer some questions that you guys have. And I told Natalie, because Natalie is like, seriously, you can see like the birds. Deer float- in a headlight. Yeah, you can see like the birds tweeting around her head when we talk about the subject. I said, Natalie, if you have a question, ask it because I know that there's listeners in the audience who want to ask the same question. There's no such thing as a stupid question, which really isn't true. We'll all laugh at you, but it'll be very helpful. So please. I will. I have no shame. I don't laughing know. at me. Yeah. Okay. I will laugh at you. No, I, I mean, know. I'll ask a dumb question. I don't care. And sometimes I ask them on behalf of the audience. You'll never know which those are. <laughs> That's my secret. Oh boy. All this right. It's going to be a long podcast. All right, guys. Let me tell you a little bit about Megan Clark. Megan Clark is the owner and founder of Clapping Dog Media. Megan's main goal is to get your business found. Hence the Googles. Megan traveled the digital world and learned everything she could about how it works, the things that are constant about SEO and the things that change often. She made it her business to learn all the things. Megan and her team specialize in large and small businesses who are doing good work for good people by giving your business a megaphone and as much Google juice as possible. Mmm, Google juice. Megan's team puts your small business on the map for what you want to be known for. She's committed to making sure that your dream clients can find you. And who doesn't want dream clients? Well, by dream clients, I mean like clients who are a dream to work with, not just imaginary clients in my dreams. I think we're all clear on that, right? Crystal. Okay. Guys, help me in welcoming Megan Clark to the Wingnut Social Podcast. Hey there, Megan Clark. Welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Oh, thank you. I have been looking forward to this call for a long time now. I'm excited to get started. Oh, so have we. So you have heard the show before, so you know what you're in for. (laughs) Ready for some dumb questions? (laughs) They're not dumb, but yes, I am ready. No, wait. (laughs) I did tell her that there's no such thing as a dumb question, but then I said, I'm just kidding. Yeah, there is. Go ahead. (laughs) Go ahead. Keep keep going, Darla. I'll I'll fit my dumb one in there when I'm ready. Right. So in the intro, we talked about this a little bit. So there's got to be some listeners out there who have some very basic questions because we're interior designers, right? We like to make things pretty. Mm -hmm. We're not really, we're not digging around in the back end of our websites and we, or if we are, we really don't want to be doing it. So we're like, you know, instead of just getting in 
deep into the technical stuff. Let's just start from the very basics because Natalie, we were talking. I said, Natalie, do you know what SEO is? <laughs> and here she goes, ladies no, and gentlemen. <laughs> she had to remind me exactly what SEO was again. But so we were talking about these questions and, and how could we attack this to where everybody would get it? And it just dawned on me because sometimes, you know, I don't think like all this website and technical stuff. <laughs> Shocking. Algorithm, okay? Yeah. Everybody wants to know algorithms. So what is the algorithm of Google? Why Why do we got to know this stuff? Why, yeah, is this why do we care? Why, why should I care? Oh, I have so many answers to this. And I would like to preface that says, I started my business or I started out in my career as a creative too. I was just really a print designer and then I got into web design and graphic design. But I, I feel your pain because I am definitely my core, my beginning was from a very creative perspective where I just wanted everything to be really pretty because I was totally convinced that if it was just beautiful, people would find you. Now, that's not actually what happens. You know, you design a couple really pretty websites and they get no traffic and then, you know, bada bing, bada boom, you're trying to figure out how to get what SEO is. But to answer your question, um, man, what is Google's algorithm? It, there, it is a complicated thing that I just try not to think about too much because Google's number one answer and their big point in their business is to find quality and value in websites. And so the algorithm is just all of the ways that they've come up with to determine if your website is high quality and it's, and it's worth sending users to. And so now that this whole big that lives out there in the ether, how do we stay ahead of that algorithm? Well, that's a big, that's a big question. It is, but so I mean, early on. It, uh, well, okay, well, I, I think that's a smart question, Darla. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I got a, I have a good answer for you. And you know, to stay ahead of Google is to do is good business. Good business is good SEO. When you have your client and your audience in mind, then you create content and you produce stories and you create social media posts, everything with that end user in mind. And if you have a heart of providing value, then Google's going to be able to read that. And that's how you stay ahead because Google really cares about high value, high quality content. Okay, so how are they, how are they knowing that it's high value, high quality content? I mean, I'm assuming there aren't thousands of little Googleites and chairs reading all this stuff. So that it's definitely all read by little, right. little, right? By computers and little. So let's, let's, again, we're getting the basics here. How are they reading, quote unquote, your mm-hmm. website and saying, Oh, this is really good crap. I think hey, other okay. people should read it. Yeah, this is awesome. Um, there's a couple of things that I, that I want you to understand. The first one is they measure their, Google measures quality by the amount of time that a user spends on your website. Bounce so in, rate. in, and yeah, bounce rate, um, dwell time is Google's term for it, but it's literally the amount of time somebody spends on your site. And the other big factor that I like to talk about is pages per session. And that's the number of pages that a user clicks through on your website. And so in, from Google's perspective, if there are users who are coming to a site, spending a lot of time on it, clicking around and learning more about the business and the person, then that must be high quality. So to put some handles on it, it's very similar to like a restaurant. So if there's a new restaurant in town and lots of people go to it, they spend a lot of time there, they tell other people about it and more people come, you know, it's that 
the idea that people are going and that they're staying and they're spending a lot of time there, those are the indicators to Google that the site is high quality. And if it's being updated often, like if they can tell that you write, you know, two to four posts a month, then it's new, fresh content. You're engaged. But if you have a site that doesn't get updated or doesn't produce more new content um, for six or seven months at a time, Google's going to think you're kind of, you know, out of, out of the loop and not, not actively in your, in that business. So time spent on page, pages per session, having fresh content. Those are the factors that Google looks at to determine the quality of your site. Now, can you add fresh content to your website and add new blog posts and Google will still say, hey, she's rotating her stuff. She's still in business. It's still busy. Even if you're not getting a lot of traffic to it, what's more important to get the traffic to it or just to make sure it gets on there? Well, you know, that's a, that's a, sh- that's a chicken or an egg question, right? <laughs> yeah, it's catch like, 22. Yeah. Yeah. So you need to create good content and you need to put it up there, but then you also need to share it socially to get more eyes on it and right. to make sure that it is optimized for Google and that it's clear. It's, it clearly tells Google what that page is about. So if you can, it's kind of, it's like I said, it's the chicken or the egg. If you can get more people to look at it and then make this, make the content easy to read by Google, then it's just kind of, then the snowball effect takes over and the more traffic, the more bloggers you get, the more traffic you get and the more traffic you get, um, you know, you're just getting more traffic to your blog. I hope that makes sense. It does. And actually, I'm really happy that you mentioned the social media aspect of it because, you know, Wingnut Social, that's what we do. We're a social media marketing agency for interior designers. And that's how we do, you know, designers right. have their blogs. We post them on we, on Facebook, on Instagram, and then we see in the, the Google Analytics, which we'll get into a little bit, but the acquisition, they came from Instagram, they came from Facebook on our landing pages, and they're booking consultations with us. So it actually is a nice little marriage made in heaven. Well, let's just say, let's just say I'm, a, I'm starting out with this and I just have my website up and I'm just starting a blog and I'm writing, you know, 10 tips on how to style your bookshelves or, mm-hmm. or something. And I'm writing it out with the structure, you know, that I would to write it to make an interesting blog post. What should I be keeping in mind as I'm writing that blog, not only just for readership, so people are entertained, maybe they learn something, but also I want to be on the front page of Google. I want to be on page one. When I'm writing this, what tips and tricks should I keep in mind? Well, I want you to know that Google reads your website in a very similar manner to how we read newspapers. So if you think about when you open up a newspaper and you read titles of articles and then maybe some bolded headlines, you're you're looking for what those articles are about. And if they spark your interest, you'll go back up and you'll read the small print or the content of the site. And Google's doing the exact same thing. When it gets to your, when it gets to your website and to your blog, it's looking at your headline. It's looking to see what the site is all about and the, the title and your headlines. And then if you are clear in that, if you have, um, very descriptive, keyword rich, headlines and titles, then Google's going to have a good understanding of what that page is about. So will it skim through like we're, we're talking the H1 headers here, right? The H1s, the H2s and H3s that check That's those exactly out first? Right. That's okay. exactly right. And it's and if you are clear in what those headlines are and you say, hey, the title of the blog post is the 10 ways to style a bookcase and then you're your your list, your numbers are all H2s, that gives Google a really good idea of what this site is about. And 
because Google has a limited amount of time to crawl your site, by being very clear in your headlines and your titles, they have more time to crawl more and more of your website. They don't have to spend time going through um, all of the little words, all the little letters, all of the content, if you are very clear and upfront about what the what the page is all about. Interesting. And now, is there a limit? Like if I have, I've titled it, I guess the bookshelf title would be H1, right? Mm-hmm. And then a little subtitle would be H2. Um, here, turn all your books backwards, like some designers do. Um, right. <laughs> right. How many, is there a limit to like how many H2 titles? I mean, will Google give up after a while and say, oh, this is just too many H2s, you know, or do they, do they go from H2 to the H3 header tags? How does, how does that work? Is there like a, standard recommended structure for that? Sure, there are some rules. And one of the biggest rules is that you only have one H1 on your page. And the majority of web editors, WordPress, Squarespace, Wix, will make, will automatically make the title an H1. So it is a good rule of thumb because you're putting that at the very top priority that your title is your H1. Now, you can have as many H2s as you like, and I recommend them for breaking up long paragraphs of text. Um, It helps with readability, especially on mobile. And you can really fit in multiple keywords per page by having a lot of H2s. Okay, cool. It is a hierarchy structure, though. So, And from Google's brain, you're going to put the most important thing at the top, then the next most important thing at the, you know, next, and then so on and so forth. So there is an order where it has to be H1 and then an H2. Um, You can have another H2 then or an H3, but you can't have an H3 as the first one. Uh Aha. So it is like a hierarchy of order. And you can bounce back and forth from H2 to H3, H2 to H3, but you can't, you can't do that in reverse. From H3 to H2, H2. I see. So what it's, let's say I did that accidentally. What does Google do to it? Is it like a, a big reject button and <laughs> no goodness they no put you on the very last page of google darling <laughs> <laughs> no there isn't there isn't a strong penalty but it does take google longer to understand what your point is you know from google's perspective they're a business and they're competing against youtube and pinterest mostly and so they want to provide the best answer for all of the searches and so Google is just trying to figure out who you are and what you're about and where to put you in their cache of memory so that they can quickly pull you out when there is a relevant search term. So when you mix up or you do the headlines in reverse order, you don't necessarily get penalized, but they probably won't rank you as high, as high because they have, it takes more time and Google has to do more work to figure out the heart of, the, of your message. You know, Megan, I have to say, thank you so much. I've never had anyone explain it as clearly as you just did. Something so simple, but I'm sure there's a lot of designers out there going, oh, I had no idea what the hell those were for. That's right. Or at least that specific. You just kind of kind of think like, you know, the robots are are taking over. They're reading it. So (laughs) we have to make it easy for them to put you on page one. That's right. Well, I appreciate you saying that. That is my mission as an SEO is to make it feel doable and actionable and achievable because SEO has this reputation of being hard and expensive and technical and ever changing. Mm-hmm. And part of there's truth in that, but the heart of SEO is just letting Google understand who you are and what you're about. And if you 
as an, an as a designer know your message and your value that you provide to users, goodness, you're literally 75% there. We just need to tell that story. For you designers listening who may already be lost with the H1, H2, H3 headers, hut, it's not a football game. Um, I'll have a link to these, this terminology in the show notes. You can really see what's mm-hmm. going on. I, I know most of the designers listening are somewhat familiar with that because most of them should be if they're not, that are blogging. So I'll read it later in the notes. <laughs> read it later in the notes, Natalie. <laughs> But I had a little uh, light bulb moment there with the the order of that. That makes total sense. I've been doing it right, I think, except for maybe I've been putting an H3, H2. So That's why you need to let the girls handle it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm just I know. saying. I, I know. I know. Okay. So that was incredibly helpful. Okay. So I'm as glad. long as we're... As long as we're into blogs and because most of the designers here, that is how they're refreshing their websites mm-hmm. and adding new material as they're blogging. So let's talk about blog length. This is a question I love to ask my guests because I always get a different answer. Ah, <laughs> goodness. But designers are dying to know. This is the most commonly asked question. How many words, what kind of length should my blog have to make it impactful? Number one, this is a two-prong question. Mm-hmm. This just I just changed my mind. This is a two-prong question. And okay. number two, how often... Should we be posting to our website to make it impactful to get on page one of the Googles? Okay, I love it. Well, I'm I'm going to tell you that there is no hard and fast rule. Um, the only rule that I have is that you have to have a minimum of 300 words on your site to really give Google a, an understanding of what that page is about. So whether it's a blog post or a portfolio update, I recommend that you do more than 300 and simply if you think about it from Google's perspective, if you have more words on the site, there is more keyword phrases that they can connect to that page. And so the likelihood of it being found is higher and higher because Google reads words. So my my minimum is 300. Um, again, if you have a 2,500 um, blog post, which is really long and like a book, there's more opportunities to be for you to be found. But in my business, and I work with a lot of content ma- content marketers and um, service-based businesses and product-based businesses, in my experience, um, if you have anywhere between 750 and 1250, that's a really sweet spot for Google. That's now, a lot of writing. That's a lot of work. <laughs> it is a lot of it is a lot of writing. Um it is a lot of writing and there's, there's different things that you can do with it. Um, and I, we can go down this, this road and I can tell you kind of my approach for sure. graphic based and artist based websites. But I do want to also say that in terms of the frequency, I like to think of value first. So if your site has a lot, if you are providing a lot of value and quality, um, quality content to your users on a regular base on, you know, on a consistent basis, that can be once a month. It's the level of quality outranks the quantity. So okay. I don't want you to put up a three, 500 word blog post when you can have one really great blog post that's 1500 or 2000 words. Huh. So it's, it's really is quality. It's, the value that you are providing to your users is um, Google calls it eat expertise, authority, and trust. And if you provide a lot of quality and you show that you're an expert and that you are trustworthy because you know, you're, you actually know what you're talking about, they're going to give you a high eat value, if you will. And that is definitely more valuable than numbers, than having more, more blog posts up that are not that valuable. 
Okay, so just to make sure I understand, if I Darla Powell Interiors, which mm-hmm. is my design firm side, if I put out one twenty five hundred blog post a month, that's going to outweigh three or four, four or five hundred word blog post a month for me for SEO purposes. That's exactly what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it's more efficient. Just think about it. Yeah, you know, I only yes. have to write one a month. That's exactly that's, right. I love and- this guest, Natalie. <laughs> And you know, and let, me, even, let me guess, you're going to run right out and do this now, right? Yes, where's, of course. Where's, uh, Ellen Dana. Ellen needs to take a drink. We do a drinking game whenever I do things yes. my guests recommend. Yes. <laughs> I, lo- I love it. <laughs> I want to throw a wrench in it all. Uh-oh. Sure. I want to know how does video fit into all of that? Oh, oh video with blogs. Ah, good question. You are, that's a brilliant question. And so what oh, I love you. about... You're brilliant, <laughs> <laughs> Natalie. What I love about video, and I do encourage video post, is when you're... Users typically sit and watch the video. And so if you, if the users are spending more time on your page, that increases your dwell time or the time spent on page. And that, like I said before, is a huge ranking factor for Google. So videos are wonderful because they keep people on your site. So in Darla's perfect world, she needs to write a blog post for $2,500. It's expensive. Yeah. 2,500 words or and less. or less. No, she said 25 and she yeah. needs to do video and she will stay on page one. Yeah. Yes. Go, uh, so the dwell, <laughs> is, is dwell time the same as bounce rate or is it a different, it's just their name for bounce rate? No, they are different things. Bounce okay. rate is the percentage of people who, you know, Google and then okay. you show up in the search results page and they jump on your site from the search results page and then quickly realize that you are not what they're looking for. So it's a measurement of users who go from a search results page to your site and leave, exit directly from ah, the homepage. Okay. So they've gotten to your site and they bounced right off because they realized, and that is a, that's a concern for Google because Google's trying to give the best search results. And so if they, if people keep coming to your site and then bouncing, then from Google's perspective, they're not matching up well the people with your website. So if you have a high bounce rate, which in my world is anything above 70%, then you're not doing a good job of explaining who you are because Google is matching you up with the wrong search results. And does that hit you as hard in the ranking as the dwell time or does dwell time carry more weight? Well, you know, I don't know. I don't okay. know. Um, they, they have, there's 200 ranking factors by, from Google and they definitely tell us the ones that outrank others and okay. bounce rate, dwell time, pages per session, site speed. Those are all really high ranking factors. So those are the things that we pay attention to or that I pay attention to because they're achievable and doable. And you can, ha- you can do lots of things to make, to increase those standings. Hey there, wingnuts. Do you love doing your own social media, but just don't have a sound strategy in place? Are you just throwing images at the wall, hoping they stick to your ideal client? Well then, Natalie and I are super excited to tell you about our wingnut social strategy package. One of our expert social media wingnuts will help you discover your goals, analyze your current performance, build your customized social marketing plan, and coach you on the implementation. It's a tremendous value, and you can find out more by going to wingnutsocial.com slash services or by giving us a call at 1-877-WINGNUT. Again, that's wingnutsocial.com slash services or 1-877-WINGNUT. Now, back to the show. 
Okay, so we're talking basically right now about organic SEO. Let's get yes. a little bit into the pay to play. Let's talk about the money and the Google advertising and how that might tie in SEO. So if you throw some money into Google AdWords, mm-hmm. does and you know, people are finding your page and searching your page. Is that going to help you with your SEO or is that just a totally different animal? Do they play together at all? Mm-hmm. That is an s- interesting question. Now, if you do, <laughs> if you do pay for Google AdWords, you will get to the top of page one immediately. It is yes. a pay to play model and it works. Now you may get more traffic, which is fantastic and traffic begets traffic. And so if lots of people come to your site, they spend more time on your pages, they click around the multiple pages, that will indirectly increase your SEO. Okay. So that makes sense, right? It's like, oh, traffic will, you know, you can get people to stick around longer. But it has been found through tons and tons of research that people are expecting ads and people have a lack of trust when it comes to Google ads. And so the majority of people, I think it's 70%, will scroll past the ads and get to the organic search. Oh, wow. I, I recommend Google ads, Google AdWords, if you are launching something big and you have a short term goal for getting people on your site because you have a new offer that you want them to get in a limited time frame. Um, long-term Google ads for creative small businesses seem to be a little out of reach because you really need to pay a lot of money to make it work. And that's why I really recommend organic search because it's long lasting. It builds your eat and it is, it's it, you know, it's not free per se because you have to put a lot of time and effort into it, but you don't have to pay Google for ads. Yeah. And eventually it's just a quality, like you said, the uh, quality over quantity kind of right. goes back to that whole thought. You want to make sure, you know, content is king at the end of the day. I always go back to that. Right. You want to make 2,500 words. 2,500 <laughs> words. You know how long that would take me? <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. But right. good to know. I'm definitely putting that uh, up. In my mind. So all that we're learning, what does Google frown upon? Ah. Mm, that is a good question. There's, I, I guess there's lots of things that they frown upon. A couple of things that come to mind immediately are if you don't have, if your site doesn't work well on mobile. Google loves mobile. The majority of the world views the internet on their phone. So if you kind of put up your hands and say, not me, I'm just going to stick to the desktop version of my website, they're going to take that into consideration and will penalize you for you for it. I mean, and by penalize, I mean, they're not going to put you high on the search results if your site is not usable on your mobile device. So that would be the first thing. Mm Mm-hmm. That's true. And you know, Google actually has like a different search kind of algorithm mm-hmm. for the mobile sites. When you, if you were Googling a business interior design firm on your mobile Chrome browser, you and your mobile site's stellar, you're going to pop up ahead of someone else that may have more SEO on a desktop site, but they have a really crappy mobile integration. And you know, Darla Powell Interiors and Wingnut Social both, we have, um, mobile optimized. Justin, yeah, our mobile optimized. We have Justin Easthall who designed our websites and we get so many compliments on that. And I haven't checked Darla Powell Interiors for a while. I haven't blogged quite as often as I should, but we were doing really well on the mobile um, search, the SEO. So that's a very good point. That's so important. And I cannot tell you (laughs) how many designers I see, interior designers I see whose websites are just awful on mobile and they don't realize that that's that's one of the first things I would recommend doing with your website. So great point. Yeah. And how how long does it take to actually see 
some results of some really good SEO work. And so, and this is really different per, per business and per, and like how many, um, how many kind of competitors that you have? If you started up a new business and in, in a kind of a new industry and it's brand new and there's not a lot of other people who are vying for that space or that keyword space, then it's a lot easier and things go a lot faster. But in my experience, and I tend to work with, um, people who are not in really random niches that they're, they're designers or coaches or service providers or, you know, product sales or designers, which is, you know, popular verticals. Um, I have found that once you get your site optimized and aligned, that we can see a really big difference in your traffic and your SEO authority in three to four months. Oh, wow. That's pretty good. Cause I've been told in the past by marketing agencies, um, that we've used before we started Wingnuts social, you know, it takes a year, it Mm -hmm. takes, you know, to optimize your site and to see results. So that's, that's stellar three to four months, I think anybody would be very happy with that. Right. And you know, that certainly is the case if you are trying to rank number one for, I don't know, wedding photographer, LA, because there's millions of wedding photographers. So it would probably take a year to rank number one from that if you're just starting out. But there are other keywords and there are other opportunities to be found. Like let's say you were a newborn photographer or a natural light wedding photographer, or, you know, if you get a little bit more specific in those, then you will grow in ranking of that more niched down word much more quickly and you'll get more traffic from that. And then it goes back to traffic begets traffic. And if your site's you know, if people are spending more time and clicking around, then it kind of grows that way. It's organic. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay, so let me, I want to backtrack just a little bit before sure. we get into the what up wingnut round. I have one more question for you about um, the H1 tags and keywords. Sure. So we did, t- we talked about putting those keywords in your tags, your H1s, your H2s, your H3, and the hierarchy of that. So if let's, we're talking our audiences, interior designers, where can they find the keywords that are going to be the most impactful to put in those headers? Do you have any tips, tricks, or tools for them there? Sure. And I, you know, my first place that I start when you do keyword research is to start with Google and um, enter in the, the keywords that you want that blog post or you want to be found for and check out who shows up on number one. Like, what are they writing about? What is their content length? What are their visuals look like? And just kind of look around at who your competitors are. Now, that's my first thing I do. And that's just kind of a big, broad scan of, man, if there, if I just do a, a keyword research and people like Fortune, Fi- Fortune Magazine, Inc. and Scary Mommy and Ev- The Every Girl, if all of these major websites are, are showing up on page one, then I know I need to be a little bit more specific because it's going to be really hard to, to compete from a keyword perspective with Inc., So then I get a little, and then I try to add more words and get more specific. And the other tool that I really like is a plugin from Chrome and it's free and it's called Keywords Everywhere. And it's really handy. You type in, you just do a regular Google search and right under the Google search, they'll tell you how many people are searching for that. Like if you have a key, if you want to go for a keyword that no one is searching for, then you should probably find another word. But you also don't <laughs> want a keyword that, you know, 10 million people are searching for because it's you're, you're they're going to get lost in the shuffle. So try to find that sweet spot and it'll tell you if it's a good keyword or a bad keyword. And it even gives you suggestions for other words. So I think um, just Googling and then using the Chrome plugin keywords everywhere is a really good place to start. 
All right, Ellen Danick, I'm going to go get that keywords everywhere from the Chrome <laughs> Chrome plugin. Yes. Thank you. I haven't been using. It. I do. I have used some other stuff from Moz. Moz. Yes, Moz. Um, I love Moz. stuff. Yeah, I do too. Um, but this sounds really easy because I'm always in Chrome. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much, Megan. Now I have to ask you if you are ready for our fire round. What I up, am Wing ready night? for your fire round. Now it's time for what up, Wing Night. Wing Night. Megan Clark, if you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be and why? Oh, I would be a cherry tree because I, I I am an internal optimist. If you're familiar with the Enneagram, I'm a seven. So like life is like a bowl of cherries. So I'd be a cherry tree. Do you remember Irma Bombeck? You're probably too young. Yes, oh, I you remember, do remember Irma Bombeck. <laughs> I have some of her books. She's hilarious. She had that book. If, if life is like a cherry, what is it? Why? What is that book she had? If life is a bowl of cherries, why am I in the pits or something? Yes. Like that. Something like that. Yeah. J- Jerry Cerruti would know. <laughs> what would the hashtag on your tombstone be? Oh, SEO made simple or be found. <laughs> Still marketing, even from the beyond. Yes, I'm found. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, double, yeah, double meaning there. If you could have only one superhero power, what would it be and why? The ability to not have to sleep, because I'd be so awesome. I'd be so proficient and efficient if I didn't need to sleep. If I didn't get tired, and I could just work all the time. That sounds awful. Just FYI, sounds nice to me. Actually, yeah. Just think of all the stuff you could do. I was going to say the S word. I love, I love, I could get so much stuff done, but then I think there's, pro- there's probably some sort of problem within that mindset, but whatever, I'm going to go with it. That could be the basis for our, our new science fiction movie we're going to produce together, right? That sounds like, amazing. Like you, it steals your soul or something. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Last but not least, what book has had the biggest impact on you either personally or professionally? Oh, okay. So it's really hard for me to come up with one because I really love to read. Um, and I think the book that I'm kind of stuck on now that it's, it's constantly churning in the back of my mind is a kind of a personal book called Love Wins by Bob Goff. And it's just kind of a whole different approach on how you work with people and how you talk to people and just, um, kind of assuming the best. And uh, uh, the best in people, clients, family members, strangers, and just the ability to give people the benefit of the doubt was a really great reminder for me. So love wins. I love that. I just pulled it up on Audible. Love Wins by Bob Goth. Add yeah. it to my queue. Great. I spend money every week. Me too. <laughs> Me too. Audible. But, you know, I'm walking my dog though every day and I'm like, I need something to listen to. So let's pull up a new book. Exactly. So much better than reading. How about it. listen to nature. Because if you read a book while you walk your dog, you get hit by a car. That's so. and I I, I want to live the next day. I have to live till I'm old <laughs> enough to like put a hashtag on my tombstone. Exactly. Megan Clark, please tell the wingnuts where they can find you and your awesome services. Oh, sure. So I am at clappingdogmedia.com. Same um same for Instagram. I spend a lot of time on Instagram stories, and that's at Clapping Dog Media. And I have a Facebook group where I share tips and tricks and videos for SEO, and that's at Facebook at SEO Made Simple. Okay, and that was SEO Made Simple on Facebook. I'm writing all this down so I can go join. <laughs> oh, please do. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> Megan, thank you so much for joining us on the Wingnut Social Podcast. You've given us a lot of nuggets of wisdom, and we really appreciate it. Thank you. It was great to be here. Same here. Have an amazing day. Well, Wingnuts, I might have learned something today. Did you? I think think so, right? Maybe, because you could saw the little like smokestacks coming from my head and my pebbled hair. Your pebbles hair. Yes. Sherry Millian, she's wearing her pebbles hair. Yes. I just think that it was an incredible fresh spin on Google and Google ads and being at the top of the page and 
Well, it was just more in the nitty gritty, awesome. like I, you know that whole H one, H two, H three. Yeah, yeah, and that that's not my wheelhouse, so I'm not going to pretend I know because I you don't write the blogs. No, yeah, and you're you not do. in the back end there. Yeah, because but any designer listening that's written them has seen those. You know, they know that that they have to put those in there. But now you know that it's a hier- hierarchy. Is that I can't why say you, that word. is that why you ask me? Hey, what's a good word to describe this to see if my you know redneckness can like come up with a keyword that might help your blog? Yeah, but I think instead of plugging in keywords into the uh, ornery orangutan, I'm going to go in there and do the... The ornery orangutan. What's wrong with that? You know, orangutans are smart. They come up with some pretty cool keywords. Oh, it was the keywords everywhere, the Chrome plugin. I'm totally going to go on there and plug that in. Of course you are. It's just so much easier. Ellen Danick, take a drink. (laughs) The drinking, the Darla Powell drinking game. There you go. We could be on to something. Half the fun of this podcast is learning, learning from the guests, you know, because you don't, we don't know everything. I mean, I did know most of the stuff. That, You're you know, supposed to know most of the stuff. Yeah. No, well, yes, but here's, here's how I work, right? I'm really good at a lot of these things, but I hire people who are way smarter than me to be smarter than me and to implement, you know, all the cool stuff that we're doing for clients. So that's good. I know Shane is probably like, Oh my God, Darla, I should just do this podcast. Why don't you have a seat? <laughs> <laughs> but hey, this is, you know, this is this is who we are. This is how we roll. So I love learning and I love helping the wingnuts learn. And I might have actually learned something because this is definitely way out of my league. Yeah. And I'm not, it's not lost on me that there are people listening who are in your boat that just have zero clue. And I'm, that's no, <laughs> I'm not casting aspersions that you are clueless. I'm clueless in a boat, like with without a paddle or a motor, and I'm just drifting abroad. But you have, have you or have you not learned a lot since we started this adventure? I plead the fifth. Why would you plead the fifth? Why can't you just say, <laughs> yes, I've learned a lot, you proud orangutan. Oh, yes. All right, guys, if you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or whatever the hell you're listening to this podcast on. Be sure to follow us on social at Wingnut Social. And if you need any social media marketing for your interior design firm, then give us a call at 1-877-WINGNUT. We have operators standing by with bated breath to help you be more visible to your ideal client. And I think that's all we have for this week, Natalie. So long. See ya. You've reached the end of this episode of Wingnut Social, but that's only your first step. Be sure to head to wingnutsocial.com to reach out to us directly and schedule your free consultation with one of our Wingnut Social Media Specialists to take your business from social mediocre to social media master. We'll see you on the next episode of Wingnut Social, your social media tightly fastened. I hate it when your Pebbles hairdo gets in the way of the logistics of the engineering of this fine podcast. Yeah. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Hence the Googles and CEO. (laughs) Now, can you add fresh concept?